Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everyone. We're continuing to discuss Second Samuel in our morning Bible study. We're happy you're here to join us. Kyla, will you pray? Yes, I will. Thank you, Promise. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God. We thank you for helping us this morning, God, and making it easy for us to get up and do what we need to do. We ask that you lead us through the Bible study like you always do, God, and we welcome the Holy Spirit here. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. All right, so we are in 2 Samuel chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Could I get a volunteer to read the first seven verses? I will. Okay, Kyla. It says, It happened after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up, David. Go up. David said, Where shall I go up? And he said, Go to Hebron. So David went up there, and his two wives also Ahinoam, Ahinoam, mm-hmm. the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David brought up the men who were with him, every man with his household, so they dwelt in the city of Hebron. Then the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And he told David, saying, The men of Gabesh Gilead were the ones who buried Saul. So David sent mess- messengers to the men of Gabesh Gilead. Yeah. Huh? Jabesh Gilead. Jabesh, I apologize. That's okay. And said to them, You are the blessed of the Lord, for you have shown this kindness to your Lord, to Saul, and have buried him. And now may the Lord show kindness and truth to you. I also will repay you this kindness, because you have done this thing. Now therefore, let your hands be strengthened and be valiant, for your master Saul is dead, and also the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. Mm-hmm. So, are there any questions, comments? Most importantly, anything the Holy Spirit has revealed to you. Is Hebron one city? It's the cities that, of Hebron. Is that a place? Like a, like a district? It's a city. It's a city. There's a mountain, right? Yes. I've never been there. Yes, clearly. You've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know where you've been, sir. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, so there is a mount, Mount Hebron. All right, it's also cities, but more importantly, where are these cities in? Judah. Which is what? Israel. Yes, it's, a, it's in Israel. It's a tribe in Israel, yes. But what? Mm. What's significant about that tribe? Uh, Jesus came from that lineage. Hmm. So did David, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So David is finally able to go home significant yeah he's been in Ziklag this whole well for a while I don't want to say the whole time because I clearly he moved around but he's been in Ziklag for a while which while it was in the land of Israel it was still a Philistine outpost right yes okay so he's in the land but it wasn't you could say part of the land but now he's able to return home which it's been long time so remember he had to he brought his family out and put them in one of the um the places for the kings of the philistines right yes had an agreement with them and now he's able to return home so that's significant that's, that's huge that's something the lord did but then before he even moved to go there what did he do? He inquired of the Lord. What was that, sir? He inquired of the Lord. Exactly. Oh, yeah, he put his parents in Moab. Yes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember which one, but thank mm-hmm. you. You're welcome. Um, so, yes, he inquired of the Lord. He didn't just go act on his own. Oh, well, there's no more enemies. I'm going back in the territory. Yes, the Lord opened the door and provided the opportunity. He still sought the Lord first. Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? 
He did not make assumptions. Exactly. He's dead. It must be mine. Yeah. And, you know, run over there and start snatching crowns and et cetera, et cetera. He still waited on the Lord. Exactly. Pattern example for all of us. Mm-hmm. And then when the Lord, he got the, I'll say it this way, when he received the word from the Lord on what to do, mm-hmm. what did he do? He asked him for more specific detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after he received the word of the Lord in full, what did he do? He acted it out. He acted it out. He actually moved into the territory, claimed it, if you will, that the Lord had provided. With his entire family. Right? His two wives here and the men who were with him. He brought everyone in. Not take a little piece at a time or I'll move in this far or kind of test the waters. He moved in fully in obedience to the Lord. Also a pattern example for us. The Lord says something is yours or he's given you something. Believe it that he's done that. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are other scriptures. That, okay, little by little, I'll give you the land. But that's not what the Lord said here. He said, go up. Right? Yes. Go up. And he said, where? Now go to this place. So that's where he went. So he was obedient in full. But he could only do that when he listened and received the word of the Lord in full. There's a temptation for us as believers to think about what we envision of how things are going to go and to walk that out versus getting God's perspective and the Lord's vision of how things will go. And I'm sure David just wanted the whole kingdom at one time. He's a human. I I get it. I, I probably want that myself. But if I try to push my agenda, if we as believers try to push our agenda, then we miss what God has, and then we end up trying to take control of it and walk it out in our flesh. But having and yielding to and being aware of the fact that it is truly the Lord's vision that the Lord will bring to pass you won't be disappointed with how he carries things out. You'll know that he has your best intentions in mind and he's doing good to you versus you trying to be at odds with God and do your vision. Yes, God, you said that you'll make me the king, but I want it at the whole, I want both Judah and Israel all at once and then I'll make it look good and, you know, going off on a rabbit trail. But trusting God that what he says is is good, it's satisfying and it's able to succeed. Instead of being in opposition towards him. Well, yes, when you try to push your agenda instead of the Lord's, it it inherently puts you in opposition to him. Absolutely, and you're then fighting against him. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve yourself and God. You're going to love one and hate the other. So you have to choose. And hopefully everyone will put God in that place and deny them themselves because God is God. He knows everything. He's, He's got it. Just like Jesus, right? Not my will, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. Anything else in that section? No. What about his first act as, as king? What do you mean, blessing the people? Mm-hmm. Being kind to Jabesh Gilead? Yes. Is that what you mean, sweetheart? Yes. There, well, there's two parts. There's, there's first, he's his own tribe crowned him king. Right, just as the Lord had already stated and made known to him for years that he was the next mm-hmm. king. You see that actually come to pass here. But then his first act as king is to bless those that honored the king, mm-hmm. the previous king. He, he sought out to repay them for showing their kindness. We spoke in in detail yesterday um, on chapter one about the Holy Spirit and his job and his role in our life and Mm -hmm. guiding us into all truth. And look what David said in verse six. Now may the Lord show kindness and truth to you. 
and I will also repay you this kindness because you have done this thing. The fact that he articulated, may God show you kindness and truth. You understand the Lord is not different. We don't serve a different God, a different kind of God. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's still a God of truth. And that's what he does for us. When we yield to him, he guides us into all truth. That's who he is. Amen. Yes. But also he blesses them. We can't wait. Let your hands be strengthened and valiant, which you saw them demonstrate that because they went to the Philistine territory and went and recovered Saul's body. Mm-hmm. So you saw that strengthen of you know, them showing that they were valiant. And, um, but also he, uh, I'll say, updates them, right? The hit, let's the, them know that he's been appointed king. So are you already showing your, what we would say, constituents, right, or his royals, his subjects, the kindness, something that wasn't always given from Saul, but that's what he is showing. He's blessing them. He's giving them kindness, which is demonstrating that it is a different time, a different era, if you will. And it shows the difference when we are moving and operating in obedience to the Lord through the Holy Spirit and when we're not. Because what was said previously about the king that the people of Israel asked for. He's going to take from you. He's going to do these things. He's going to demand all this stuff from you. And that's not what's happening here. It's a blessing of the people. David is blessing the people. Showing them fear. Showing them kindness. Not demanding, snatching, or exacting from them. All right. Anyone have anything else? No. Okay. Can I get someone to read verses 8 through 11? I will. All right, Layla. It says, But Abner, the son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim. And he made him king over Gilead, over the Asherites, over Jezreel, over Ephraim, over Benjamin. And over all Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was 40 years old when he began to reign over Israel, and he reigned two years. Only the house of Judah followed David, and the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Mm-hmm. So, what everybody got out of there? Um. Looking from the facts of how long David ruled and how long Saul's son ruled, it would seem like it took Saul's son a long time to get all the other outlying cities to recognize him as king. And kind of looking at Abner, he kind of looks like a snake with how he was usurping. And he, Abner knew full well that David was supposed to be king. But he rushed and tried to make Saul's son king just so he could keep his position. Because Abner is also the cousin of Saul. And he got the position as commander because of who his father was and his relationship to Saul. Not because he was the best in the kingdom. Sure, he was good, but he wasn't the cream of the crop. Yeah, he was a relative, exactly. Either his cousin or uncle, I think. But um, uh, Ner was his un- Saul's uncle. Abner okay. was... Saul's cousin. Okay. So, we had just, in the last section, talked about being in opposition to the Lord. Yes. And you see that exact thing played out here. Abner, who had been with Saul since the beginning, so clearly there was lots of discussion. You can't not have discussion about David while plotting to kill him. It's kind of an impossibility. Right? Multiple times. Not like a, a one-time thing. Uh, I think we counted, there was 20, 21 times that Saul tried to kill David. Of course, there was the obvious ones in the castle where he tried to pin him to the wall with a spear, but 
all the times he sent them out, trying to set them up. Set them up with the Philistines, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot. So, but also Abner was with Saul when even Saul confessed, "The Lord has made you king." Yes. Right. So, yes. And here is where rebellion kicks in to the utmost. But at the same time, he spent how many years hating David? Exactly. And mulling over these same thoughts and ideas, the the context of what Saul was saying. I mean, to me, I wouldn't expect this particular man to rush over and it would be nice. Sure. But he spent a good part of his time hating David and going, that's my cousin. You're trying to steal my cousin's crown or, you know, whatever he thought about him. I I necessarily wouldn't expect him because he is the the cousin and kind of sounds like maybe he's a first cousin. I know my first cousins, you know, that's all but a sister or a brother, you know, yes. depending on how you're, you're raised. And I could see him not necessarily wanting to give it to David because it does mean his, brother, his family's household is discarded. Well, but that's also... Another, as a human, as a human, I can yes, see him from as a human, a human perspective, absolutely. Yes. But then also having a hard time with that one. Yeah, but what else happens? There's then the possibility that he loses his role. Sure, being a commander in chief, right? And you well, see this exact thing played out. Humanity is full of selfishness. Absolutely, <laughs> right? But so as a pattern example, right? You can see the same thing played out with Jesus and the Pharisees. Much of it was they were concerned about losing their place. Mm-hmm. Right? Kind of the same thing here. So, he just took one of Saul's um, relatives, or one of his relatives also, and made him king. And then, yes, clearly there was a campaign there to get everybody on their side. Uh, and yep, it took a while, sure. It was possible it took a while. But even that rain wasn't very long. There, but there was a huge discrepancy in the time frame. Exactly. Like from the point of Saul dying and David becoming king of Judah because that didn't happen until Saul died. And then mm-hmm. his son, Ishbosheth, 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 okay, I'm sorry. Ishbosheth, from him having a kingdom and reigning. So there's just, maybe we'll find some clarity on what the discrepancy was as we go along. Sure. I also had a question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like when Saul went to go see the soothsayer mm-hmm. and Samuel came back and said, today you and your sons will be with me. He didn't just say Jonathan. He didn't just say one son. He said his sons. And I guess I interpreted it as all his sons will meet death by the end of the sword. But also, I had a question, like, if Abner was so great and he was Saul's right-hand man, where was he in battle? He ran away, right? That's what it says about many of the, the people there. They ran away. They were fleeing. Clearly, he was one of them. And, and the he was supposed to be right, but this is a, a trend and a pattern with Abner. Mm-hmm. That's what David pointed out exactly. He's like, you should be killed. You didn't protect your, your master, your king. Yes. Right, especially the second time that he had the opportunity to kill Saul. Yeah. I believe he said, um, this is not a direct quote, but it's paraphrasing, but that's the gist of what he was saying. Yes. So, someone not doing their job, not fulfilling or executing their role in excellence and to the fullness, to completion, but stirring up strife. It's almost impossible to complete your role and the responsibilities you have in excellence if you're constantly searching for a way to better position yourself or also come up in the world, mm-hmm. trying to snatch power, position, authority, whatever for yourself, better standing. Right? I mean, let's look at our own lives. Is that not accurate? Yes, it is. Okay. 
However, we're supposed to let the Lord put us in those places. But all work, everything is to be done as unto the Lord in excellence. He's the one that appoints. He raises up. And he anoints for those specific roles. Right? Yes. Why do you think it was such... Uh, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, an imperative that his disciples receive the Holy Spirit. You need this to do the work that he's called you to do, right? You need the Holy Spirit to move forward, to execute with power and authority. He'd already uh, assigned them the role from being his disciples to being apostles, still disciples, still followers of Christ, but gave them a role, position of authority as apostles, he said, you need the Holy Spirit to do this. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't ever try to snatch things or take them by force for ourselves. Let the Lord give them. Let the Lord provide it. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't let your request be made known to the Lord. Or let him shape and mold you so that your requests honor him. Exactly. And then line up with what he has for you. Let's continue. Um, can I get someone to read from, we'll split this one up, 12 through 24, and then someone else read from 25 through the end of the chapter. I will. All right, sir. Wait a second. I'll take them back. Now Abner, the son of Ner, and the servants, and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went from Mahanaim to Gibeon. And Job the son of Zerah and the servants of David went out and met them by the pool of Gibeon. So they sat down, one on one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. And Abner said to Joab, Let the young men now arise and compete before us. And Job said, Let them arise. So they rose and went over by number, twelve from Benjamin, followers of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and twelve from the servants of David. And each one grasped his opponent by the head and thrust his sword into his opponent's side. So they fell down together. Therefore the place was called the Field of Sharp Swords, which is in Gibeon. So there was a very fierce battle that day, and Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. Now the three sons of Zerah were, were there, Joab and Ab- Abishai and Ashael. And Ashael was as fleet of foot as a wild gazelle. So Ashael pursued Abner, and in going, he did not turn to the right hand or to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Are you Ashael? And he answered, I am. And Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right hand or to your left, and lay hold on one of the young men and take his armor for yourself. But Ashael will not turn aside from following him. So Abner said again to Ashael, Turn aside from following me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How then could I face your brother Joab? However, he refused to turn aside. Therefore, Abner struck him in the stomach with the blunt end of the spear, so that the spear came out of his back, and he fell down there and died on the spot. So it was that as many as came to the place where Ashael fell down and died stood still. 324 dead? Yes. Job and Abish- Abishai also pursued Abner, and the sun was going down when they came to the hill of Amma, which is in Gaia, mm-hmm. by the road to the wilderness of Gibeon. 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 You're like, shoo! <laughs> All those words, those names. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought yeah, we were, we're just going to go through pause. that whole section. Oh, okay. Now the children of Benjamin gathered together behind Abner and became a unit and took their stand on top of a hill. Then Abner called to Joab and said, Shall the sword devour forever? Do you not know that it will be bitter in the latter end? 
How long will it be then until you tell the people to return from pursuing their brethren? And Joab said, As God lives, unless you had spoken, surely, then by morning all the people would have given up pursuing their brethren. So Joab blew a trumpet, and all the people stood still and did not pursue Israel any more, nor did they fight any more. Then Abner and his men went on all night, all that night, through the plain, crossed over the Jordan, and went through all Bithron. And they came to Mahanaim. So Joab returned from pursuing Abner, and when he had gathered all the people together, there were missing of David's servants nineteen men and Asael. But the servants of David had struck down of Benjamin and Abner's men three hundred and sixty men who died. Then they took up Asahel and buried him in his father's tomb, which was in Bethlehem. And Joab and his men went all night, and they came to Hebron at daybreak. Uh, What's your question, Layla? Uh, so why did Abner run away from the fight he started? He was running to catch, capture, kill Abner. No, oh, no. That's what why Abner did Abner run? Okay. Abner ran. Yes, because that's what Abner does. Couldn't call him bad pattern, names. He is, no, but he has <laughs> established this as a habit and a pattern in his life. When he will start something or instigate, stir up, strife, and all the rest of that, and then when it comes in full force and people are fighting against it, he's run away. Or just been so oblivious to what's going on, right, sleeping or whatever the case is, <laughs> Just completely unaware of what's happening around him. Right? Yeah. We see this throughout well, the entirety of 1 Samuel pertaining to Abner. Mm-hmm. So, be wary of the habits and patterns you develop in your life. Are they productive? I.e., for the Lord, right? We have an example in, in David. Or, sorry, David. Yes, in David, but also in Daniel. Right? It was his custom, his habit, his pattern. To pray three times a day. Not saying that you need to. No, that's not what we're saying. It's open not. a window and. <laughs> no. You know. Per se, but you should always be communicating with the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Because He is with you, and Jesus has already made known that when we make our home, when we receive Him, that the Father and the Holy Spirit will make their abode with us, and the Lord Jesus, that we will be one with Him, God in His fullness, and they will be God will be one with us. Exactly. So we can look at Job, right? What was Job's custom for his first set of children? Every day he would offer sacrifices to them. He was interceding for them. For them. Not to them. Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, offering sacrifices to the Lord for his children, interceding mm-hmm. on their behalf. Okay? All right, that, that's a, a habit and a pattern that he established in his life. Mm-hmm. So what are the habits and patterns that we've establishing? or established in our own lives are they productive do they honor the lord are they pleasing to him mm-hmm. are they done purely out of religious tradition or are they i'll say detrimental to our lives I mean, I can't, you have to answer it for yeah, yourself. Absolutely. I can't. I can't answer that for you. Right, but that causes us to reflect on ourselves, right? Judge ourselves, as the word says. Have some introspection and and really look at things mm-hmm. for what they are, not what we want them to be, but what for they actually, accurately are. Mm-hmm. And then bring those things before the Lord. The things that, or everything. Lord, is this, is this beneficial? Is this pleasing to you? But also, hey, Lord, reveal my motivation for doing this. Is it because that's, that's what religious traditions have taught me and instructed me? We can't substitute religious traditions for an actual, deep, personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Or is this detrimental? And if it is, Lord, help me uproot it. my life you know sometimes when we come to the lord as new believers as babies in christ that's what we learn first are the traditions and the customs and in and of themselves there's nothing wrong with that 
um, unless it's a tradition or custom that is directly contrary to what the word already states. Absolutely. However, we're not supposed to just stay there. We're supposed to go deeper with the Lord. We're supposed to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us, for the Lord to make known his ways, his heart, his thoughts to us, and that way we conform to his image. Just like when you're little babies and you learn to walk or you first learn to cook, you learn this is how we make this particular recipe. But then there comes a point when you need to learn why we do it this way. And then let discover that there's more. Discover, let the Lord teach you that there's more to it than just repeating or reciting for memorization, right? Reciting and the customs. So even in our walk with him, it's okay that you learn the traditions, but learn who God is. Learn who he is to you. Let him be real and alive and living, not just vain repetition. Right. The traditions were always meant to point the people to the Lord. Not, not the replacement. Exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Not to be a substitute or replacement for him. It's just something we just do mindlessly mm-hmm. because this is what we always do. But they were meant to point people to the Lord. Each and every one of them. However, the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart and why we are doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Are we doing them to please and honor Him? To acknowledge Him and His, his place as God and God of our lives? Or are we doing whatever the tradition is, as a substitute. Well, we're so stuck to traditions that we'd rather have a tradition than the true and living God and his Holy Spirit guiding us. We can't make room or listen to him because we must do our tradition. That, that's what a replacement is versus letting the spirit of the living God Flow. move <laughs> <Yes>. and <clears throat> excuse me, form us in the way that he desires. So it's important. We have traditions, right? There are things that we like to do, and mm-hmm. we like to have fun. But, however, the king of glory is always able to go, uh, well, I want you to do something different right now. Also, we don't worship those traditions. Nope. They remain in their place. It's something that we enjoy doing. This is something the Lord taught us, or this is an inspiration or idea that he gave us to enjoy and we keep it as such. It never becomes him. It never replaces him or becomes an equal to God. And it never becomes an opportunity for me to exclude the Lord or us to exclude him from our life. So traditions in and of themselves, as long as they're not <clears throat> scripturally exactly. wrong, are not necessarily a bad thing. It's just what people make them. If it becomes an idol to you or... Um, a reason for you to harden your heart against the Most High God so you can't hear what he's saying to you here and now. That's a problem. Okay. So, back to this section of Scripture. Mm-hmm. What, did, what did the Holy Spirit minister to you on this? I was kind of wondering why Abner was telling... Asahel? Asahel? The fast one? Yes. Uh-huh. I was wondering why Abner kept telling him to turn to the left or to the right and take armor. Because <laughs> he was chasing him down. <laughs> he was hunting him down to kill him, sir. He was an enemy. He was going to eliminate the enemy. And Abner was probably a little bit scared because the guy was running so fast. Abner was clearly fast because he was able to stay ahead of him and turn around and talk. But imagine you're running and, you know, every time you zigzag, the other person is right on your heels. And, you know, clearly Abner would be a prize to this young man. Right, just like Goliath was to David. It was a prize. It was something that was celebrated. Right? It's a feat to take down, you know, someone in such a position, right, Abner. And um, also you can see the, I'll say the maturity in Abner going, hey, little guy, 
Um, <laughs> I know you're fast and I know you, you're hungry. I know you got an appetite. You know, you want to get some notches on your belt. You want to get some wins. However. Did you say nachos? Notches. I don't know. Are you hungry, <laughs> Kyla? Right. Nachos wow. on your belt. I was like, no, I think it's nachos. Well, we'll have breakfast after we finish. No. Well, you have nachos. breakfast after we finish. Notches. Yes. Um, you know some tally marks saying I won some fights and then I won a big fight at that. You know, here David is a, a youth, 16 or so, toppling David, but the spirit of the Lord was on him to do that. But Abner was probably like, hey, guy, hey, young guy. Do you mean toppling Goliath? You said David. David toppling Goliath. Did I say that? For David toppling Goliath, that was a big deal, but the spirit of the Lord was on David to help him do that. It wasn't, he was just like, uh, what time is it? Let's go see what's going on so I can be a busybody. Get some, you know, get some wins on my, on my side. That, w that wasn't who David was. So, but this, this young man and Abner going, hey, if, if I have to stop, if it comes down to it, I'm going to kill you because clearly he's a more skilled warrior. And so he was trying to give him a chance, like, hey, just, Go off and get one of these young guys that you actually have a chance at killing. I know you're fast and, you know, you're, you're focused, you're targeted in, but I don't want to do this to you, but I will if I have to. So mm -hmm. he was trying to make him go play with somebody his own size, if you will. Go fight someone Experience his own level. size. Yes. <laughs> yes. So tried to give him a little, little bit of a chance, and I'm sure he was probably getting tired and out of breath because this fast guy was chasing him down and he had to keep <laughs> running. And he wouldn't give up. He's probably getting a little bit tired. And he's like, okay. So. But also, in that, Abner's words are directly opposed to well, what the Lord commands, right? Yeah. Concerning his word, him and his word. What do you instruct Joshua to do? <clears throat> yes, not to turn to the right or to the left, but to focus. On the word. Focus on the word, not killing a target. Exactly. But I thought Abner was trying to trip him up. Like, look, there's armor. Like, you know. He was trying to tell him to stop chasing him. Abner was probably tired. Like, he's an older guy, and he's pretty quick, clearly, and a skilled person in battle. And you got this little young one who's like, ooh, there's a, there's a prize for me. I'm going to show my, flex my muscles and see what I can do. And he's chasing him down, and Abner's like, okay. Wait a second. When when the men fight, <laughs> is there is so it's not about speed or not. Mm -hmm. It's about I'll say experience and skill mm -hmm. in combat and warfare, right? Mm -hmm. yes. What happens when you guys are close to grabbing something? Tunnel vision. Everything else is by the wayside. The blinders on. You're just honed in, zoned in on this one thing. But then what happens? You forget the basic things, the basic, whatever duties, responsibilities, whatever else is actually required to be done, right? Yes. And then how does that typically work out? Not well. You're like, oh, I forgot about that. Well, in this, in this case, forgetting the basics cost him his life. Abner's pretty strong if he's shoved the blunt end of his spear all the way through his his stomach out his back that's the dull end that's the non-pointy end that that's that's rough well, it does probably because fast. So well they're not like mental. all they have is human speed they're not like being in a vehicle or anything like that so mm -hmm. there's no additional momentum they're just running and like the same but the guy was also behind abner so but abner was a man of war he was a man of battle mm -hmm. he had some skill and typically, if somebody's fleet of foot, you can ma imagine what their physique is like. They're probably a little bit more slender versus bulky because that's better suited for distance running. And like a gazelle, they can run for ever. And they, you know, bounce around and zigzag and, you know, they're fast and they're hard to catch. But they can run for a long time. They're not like a cheetah who can run for a distance and that's all they're going to get. And they're going to slow down and fade off to the side. They have some stamina. So typically, that's probably a more slender 
young man and he's young so he's probably not as as fully woked up as he's going to be developed yeah. when he reaches his you know adult his fully adult state so you can imagine those little things just based on what information's given but the fact that abner knew where to put that spear and rammed it through the dull end till it came out his back that that says something to you that's like oh he, he wasn't <laughs> he meant what he said he wasn't playing but you know the guy that was asahel who was counting on his speed trusting in his speed didn't account for the skill that abner had and strength which is sad for him but so back to the basic things. Do those, right? And you see that same, um, I'll say, exhortation, but also, um, yeah, I'll just say exhortation. In Revelation, right? Where he says to the, the churches, what the Lord says to the churches, hey, go back to the former things, the first things you did, right? Why? It's important. Be able to do the, the basic things in Christ well. And yes, we're going to grow, we're going to advance, and we're going to spiritually as well as naturally develop and mature. But there's a reason that the first things are important. Even in an infant's life. Food and sleep and right, those basic things are important. You're, they're required throughout the entirety of an individual's life. Okay, so we, we need those things, yes, in our natural life, but more so in our spiritual life. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Now what about the, the second half of that portion um, of Scripture, right? Because now Joab and Abishai are pursuing Abner. Clearly skilled people. Joab being the, the captain of the army, right? Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Not to mention their little brother. Exactly. They've got some um, probably some fury and some vengeance on their mind. While they understand that battle people will die, and they were clearly, you know, handing it to Saul's. <laughs> yes. Eighteen ratio. <laughs> They're, you know, David's men were certainly overpowering them, but yeah, they were upset. Clearly, I mean, naturally so. That's their little brother. Who was who was quick and could run, but he hadn't even had a chance to really get going in life, right? Uh -huh. So, but you saw that David only lost total of 20, 19 men and Asahel, so that would be 20. But Saul and Benjamin, they lost 360 men. Well, Saul, clearly he's already dead, but yes. Benjamin's side, but, you know, um, Saul's side, if you will, the house of Saul. So David's men, they started out with the same number of people. All right, but even at the beginning, right? What does it say at the beginning? 12. There was 12 men. Mm -hmm. And so each of them died together, showing the evenness of strength. Right? Fall 12, grab the, the other one by the head or whatever, and then thrust them through with the sword. That shows that they were on the same level, the same plane. So the fact that there is now such a difference can only be because of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Lord being the difference maker in this. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge disparity. Absolutely. 18 times for their one death, there's 18 of Saul's people on the ground. Like, 18. Mm -hmm. If you did 20 divided by 30, 360, that's oh, okay. 18. So the ratio. You can't count half peoples. <laughs> you can't what? You can't count half peoples. No. Uh, you need your whole self to mm -hmm. show up to the fight. Yep. Mm -hmm. Only legs standing there is not going to do anything. <laughs> uh, Try to kick, kick him to death, but I don't think it's going to work out very well for someone with a sword. <laughs> so. I'm just saying, but no. So you, so you see that the Lord's 
intervention in here, mm -hmm. right? Because you, you see the outcome. And it's significantly different than how it was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Oh, you going to say something? Nope. No, I'll go let ahead. you. No, go ahead. But Joab, uh, and Joab, unless, or as God lives, unless you had spoken, surely by the morning, all the people would have given up pursuing their brethren. In there, there's, there's a couple things. He leaves place for the Lord, right, to work. He knows what his role is, and he is going to execute his role in, in full, in completion, in excellence, right? Yeah. And free other people, rid, rid their enemies, right? Rid them, rid them of their enemies, not give them any foothold. And they're chasing around through the entirety of the country. I thought he was saying they were going to be dead. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. He was going to pursue them until they were dead, right? Okay, by morning, y'all are going to right. be dead. And he was yes. going to execute his role, which is to kill the enemy, not give them a place, a foothold, anything, okay. in full, in completion. Mm -hmm. He was going to do it until they were all done. But he left room for the Lord. So when uh, not Joab, Abner called out, I said, hey, we've had enough. We yield, we give up. Said, uncle, uncle. Exactly. <laughs> then he said, okay, then we're good here. Mm -hmm. He didn't then continue because now there's been. He asked for mercy, basically. Exactly. He asked for mercy. So he, Joab, and his men showed mercy. Mm -hmm. So even in, I uh, say that to bring out this point, even in the midst of whatever the Lord has us doing. We have to continue to be on the uh, lookout or listening to the Lord for his instruction. Mm -hmm. right, we can't just continue in the behavior. Well, you told me to do this last. Well, no, that wasn't last. It wasn't the last thing I said to you, but you weren't listening for the following instruction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have to be in tune with the Lord through his Holy Spirit, listening to all the instructions as they come in their entirety. Mm -hmm. So it means there's never a point where you can turn your ears off and stop listening to the Holy Spirit. There's never a time where you've gathered enough information that you don't need to listen to him anymore. And I'm, I'm telling you that because it's a natural inclination for humans to go, okay, hard enough, shut your ears off, and then you go start trying to work on something. And God's like, I'm still talking. You only heard the first two words of what I had to say or the first sentence. There's still more. So that you can never turn your ears off from listening to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Keep his word before your eyes. Keep your ears open and your heart tender to hear his voice. So even if you think, well, Lord, this is what we said. You said yesterday. This is what you said the last time. As in, so if he says, um, he said to Moses with the water. Exactly. It's a great example. The first example. time he said, strike the rock. And the second time he said to speak it. Speak, speak to, to the, the rock. rock. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. So God didn't change his person, his person, his being in that. He didn't change, but he had different instructions for a new time. This is what I want done now. So because Moses heard rock, water, and he allowed his anger to be so loud that it wasn't important enough for him to continue to hear all that God had to say to him, he did something that was very costly to himself. Uh -huh. That was that was grave to him to make that mistake. And the Lord still viewed him as a faithful servant. He still loved him. Absolutely. And it didn't change the fact that God is holy, and that was unacceptable how he behaved. God loved him, but those actions he didn't condone. And there is it wasn't. And there was no. It's close enough. No. <laughs> Do exactly what God said. It's not close enough. In full and entirety. Done in excellence. Mm -hmm. So that was, thank you, Kyla. That was a very good example. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Yes. Anyone have anything else they want to comment on or questions? I did. I had one more thing that right, I then. wanted to point out. Do you remember all that time that David spent and his men spent in the wilderness? and fighting and running around. You can see in this battle, they were clearly suited for what they were doing. 
whereas Abner and Saul's people were used to palatial accommodations. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were used to being all comfy, cozy. You can go a little bit of distance, but David's men were used to fighting on the run. They were used to... They lived on the run. Mm-hmm. And being able to cover vast distances, but still get there with the strength and endurance that they needed to do what they were supposed to do. They were used to being in the hills. They were used to having a strategy with one another in this kind of terrain and setting. So all that time that they were in the wilderness equipped them for today. And you saw how God used that, that advantage, and was giving them the upper hand. So even the small things, when you, it seems like, God, this is pointless. What am I doing out here? Why are we doing this? I thought we said you we were going to be the king. Why are we in the wilderness? It's still for a purpose. So God knows what he wants to get out. He knows what he's training and cultivating. Let him do his job. Amen. They were aptly suited for this. And Mr. Sadly, Mr. Asahel, the running in the fleetness, and he, he didn't stumble over the rocks and everything else. He was able to work with it and keep moving. He learned that at the same time, right? He learned being out, living where they lived. There was still more for him to learn, of course. He should have listened to the wisdom of the Lord, like, oh, he said this twice. Um, <laughs> you probably do something with it, yes. <laughs> but... They had the advantage because they were already suited to be in that terrain and that style of fighting. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Okay. So learn from the journey. Wherever the Lord has us in whatever moment, whatever day, for however long it is, and don't despise small beginnings. The small things, mm -hmm. the small mm -hmm. beginnings, exactly. Mm -hmm. But in due time, he'll build you up. Mm -hmm. He'll establish you. Mm -hmm. Learn the lessons at the place where we are now, today. Learn those things. Because it will it apply to your life today. Mm -hmm. But it will also be of use as you move forward and grow in the things of him. All right? Yes. All right, who wants to close us out in prayer? I do. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your goodness to us, Lord, and for the devotionals that you've been providing for us, Lord. And I thank you for allowing your Holy Spirit to teach us as we went about it this morning, Lord, and just show us things to come. Lord, I ask that you continue to cover your people, Lord, and your nation, Israel, and our nation, Lord, and that you'll bring healing to the land, Lord, and that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, everyone have a wonderful day. We mm -hmm. love you. Bye. And God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.